The American coyote is a famous animal in folklore and fables. The cunning animal is a mainstay in Native American folktales and culture. Coyotes have long exhibited a behavior that was thought to be only true in stories. In fact, this odd partnership would fit right in to a fantastic fable. But as it turns out, the stories are true, and the coyote found an unlikely friend in a competitor. But even solitary animals sometimes turn to cooperation in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. And today we're talking about a legendary animal friendship. But more on that later. It's the, it's the only one, and you can only find this friendship after defeating the Elite Four. <laughs> exactly. You can only make friends with this animal after you've defeated other people's animals <laughs> with your animals it's just great yeah. It, <laughs> but yeah we are talking <laughs> thinking about pokemon as animals is just sad and funny yeah you can't it really breaks down once they're not fantasy japanese creatures anymore uh that love to fight and love their masters because they make them fight um and also keep them anyway, anyway i'm not i'm not dissecting the the, the lore of pokemon anymore um, we're talking about the coyote. That's right. So the coyote. The, the, yeah, just why spell it like this? The, the, the person who who decided on the spe- spelling of colonel probably <laughs> did this. It's just kai. Ki- so then you have the the hybrids. You know, the like the C between a wolf and a coyote is C O Y. W O L F. Now, how would you pronounce that? Coil wolf. The per- first part of coyote and wolf. Is it Kai wolf? Koi wolf? It's a little koi wolf. He's just yeah. being, you know, like little Dickens. Yeah, he's 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 shy, uh, but he knows his hot stuff. I'm not gonna eat you, little Red Riding Hood. Don't be silly. <laughs> but fortunately, I have uh, you know my nine my nine friends and. Together, we'll, we'll eat you. <laughs> but we're not going to call it the coyote here. That's too normal. Everybody knows that. Instead, we're going to call it here the co-op canine, the junior jackal, and wily Wilberforce. Wilberforce? Does it free something? Actually, he's kind of the opposite of William Wilberforce. Because William Wilberforce was loved animals and was like an animal rights activist and kept them all in his house and stuff. And the coyote um, loves animals in a different way, in a way, <laughs> in a way that to the puts, taste of them puts them in his stomach. <laughs> but I was trying to find a way to incorporate the wily wily coyote thing, so it all works. Uh, let's taxonomize this. It's in a kingdom. You know it. You love it. You're in it. That kingdom is Animalia. Plants. Oh. Plants. <laughs> the phylum is Chordata. The class is Mammalia. The order Carnivora. The family Canidae. I I got all the way to this without having to even look it up. Uh, the genus is Canis. And the species is 
Latrance. <laughs> Candice Latrance. Latrans. L A T R A N S. Latrans. Latrans. Candice Latrans. It that that sounds like a a a Star Wars character's name. <laughs> it does. Um. All right. Since we're in the business of naming things, including Star Wars characters and Pokemon, it's time for my favorite part of the show, Critter Groups. The part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question. That question is the same every time. Got a bit of mush mouth there. What is the name of a group of this animal, group of coyotes? What is the what is the term of venery? Or what is the collective noun? An acme. An acme, yes. No, that's the company that coyotes order dangerous explosives from. <laughs> you know, an acme is also like a summit, like the top of a mountain. I did RC, not know that. R.C. Sproul taught that to me this morning through his podcast. <laughs> from the grave. From the grave. Po- po- posthumous instruction. Uh, so if you saw a group of coyotes, would you say that's A, a band of coyotes? B, a pack of coyotes, C, a clan of coyotes, or D, a heel of coyotes. Heel sounds right, but I think it's a band. That'd be sweet. Is that your final answer? I'm going to go with band's final answer. How did you know? Is that correct? It is correct. It's a band. I was thinking of banditos, which is not band. It's bandits. I don't know why. My brain... Got there wrong, but got there right. <laughs> that happens in Measure Up a lot for me. Yeah. I got I got there, but my brain didn't understand why. All right, yeah, it's a band of coyotes. I thought I would definitely get you with that. I thought you would say pack for sure. I thought you would say pack. Well, there's um, reasons why they're not quite a pack. They're not packs like... I would uh, they're, they're more akin to a clan or a band. I I'm guess... talk about that. I guess you are armed with knowledge... <laughs> So uh, that's definitely puts you at an advantage. Well, people that usually come up with terms of venery don't sound like they are armed with knowledge, so that didn't really like boost my confidence at all. Yeah, I mean, I had to pick things that were pretty normal. Band is pretty normal, so I just picked three other things, but I could have gone like a band, a uh, hydrogeny, uh, a... <laughs> A mizzen scene. Mizzen <laughs> scene. Or a clairvoyance. Just just any anything. So, where does the coyote live? I probably don't have to tell you that they live all over the place, in North America at least. Uh, in South America. All across North and Central America. They're not... As not far in as South? Like, not in South yet. Um, oh. They're mainly in the western portion of... So, they are, they are in Central America. Um, but they are, from what I could tell, building a, a highway that would lead into South America, which, if I remember my geography correctly, Panama is the last, um... Mimsy? Is the, is the last of the Mohicans, and uh, you have to cross the Panama Canal to get there, so I don't know if they're building a bridge over the Panama Canal. Um... Probably for ki- be, a, coy- a coyote bridge. For, yeah, it's 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 really cute actually. There's little paw prints all <laughs> the way across, and um, and there's 
there's just a rotting snack every every couple <laughs> of hundred feet um, for the road. A blueberry trail. A bl- <laughs> um, Dogs like blueberries. Yeah, I'll talk about their diet. It's actually really um, rain uh, uh, varied. But so they li- they live as far north as Alaska on and all through Canada. Um, they are in the family Canada, so you know makes sense. Actually, that doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> oh, but they can be far er, found as far east as Maine, and but in sparser numbers. Their main concentration is from like Alaska to Central America. Uh, yeah, they the, like the highest northeast is not is not very widely associated with their range. No, but they can but northwest. We I've seen coyotes here in Florida, but I did, they were that was not on the 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 range. Just North Florida though, so I don't know. I don't think South Florida. No, but they definitely are here. They're are they in South Florida? I've seen signage that suggests they are, but I've never seen one. Huh. I've seen them here in North Florida, but not never in South Florida. Because they're yeah they're all over the place they are they're of least concern on the uh, conservation status chart, um, but they think that the n- next few decades we'll see them expand into South America, as I was mentioning earlier. So let's talk about what they look like in case you don't know. They're basically mini wolves in in every way, like an exact mix of a wolf and a fox. They're mid-sized canines, kind of similar to a German Shepherd with blackish, grayish, tannish f- fur. There's actually a word for that. Calico? No, uh, <laughs> fulvous is a dull orange, brownish, yellow, tawny color. <laughs> it's Beige. just a lot of colors. It's likened to a variation of buff, which I didn't know was a color. <laughs> Beige or butterscotch buff i don't know what buff is but so yeah fulvous is the color of this fur as so coyotes have triangular faces very very pointed noses snouts which is why they kind of look a little bit more like foxes than um, wolves in the face Um, and they have large pointed ears and long bushy tails Um, they're just they're just good boys actually they're not very good they're problematic no one is good not even not even one <laughs> but i said they're about the size of a german shepherd so does that fulfill our measure up quota for the for the episode and no we because on? we need to compare it to other things increasingly ridiculous uh welcome to the beloved measure up segment the official listeners favorite part of the show the part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family it's also part of the show when we present what where that's introduced by you when you send an audio <laughs> yourself saying, singing, or chittering the words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We don't have a new measure up intro this week, and that's on you. It's uh, been a while. It's on the listener. That means we get to hear from an animal, and Carlos has to guess what it is. Marvelous. Bring it on. Okay. Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. Okay. Are those the same things? 
those are the same things. The, 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 the chipping and the chirping? The chipping and the chirping. Uh, is that A, a prairie dog? Is that B, a beaver? Is it C, a muskrat? Or is it D, a marmot? A, prairie dog. Final answer. Final answer? You're correct. That's a prairie dog. Yeah. That, is that too... Did you get the one last white week right? Because you got two weeks ago right. I don't remember. It's all a blur. Well, you, you got two at least in the last three episodes. That I knew. I figured because um, coyotes love to eat prairie dogs. <laughs> they do. I should have just like looked up a marmot. Um, I, I want to know what a marmot. You know that uh, I'm pretty sure that... Um, that like gif video of the of the gopher looking thing that screams like a man it's a voiceover yeah i think that's a marmot yeah yeah it is i'm looking at the pictures now and it definitely is a marmot so let's talk about length there are between 1.0 also known as one to 1.35 meters or three feet and three inches, or to four feet and five inches. We're going with the upper end of average, which is four <laughs> foot five. My name's 1.0, but most of my friends call me one. <laughs> That's one for short. Uh, <laughs> uh, so how many coyotes go into the tallest ever totem pole? Huh. Can you say the height again? I was too I was too focused on my joke, on my good, good joke. Four foot five okay. length, not including the, not including the tail. All right. Here's a hint. Totem poles are cultural symbols that represent family lineage in Northwestern Native American tribes. The tallest one is contentious, but some say it's Alert Bay, British Columbia, and it's it's used to show the lineage of multiple families in the Kwikwakawake tribe. That was my favorite character from Moby Dick. That's his. Queequeg is the character I was thinking of, but whatever. It's I heard it pronounced Queequak Awak Wake, but it looks like Quack Quacka Wakwa. But we're I'm sure you're doing it justice. (laughs) Either way, that sounds like uh, Izero Kamakuiwa Ole's name. (laughs) Uh, However. Some right. <laughs> some disca- discount the pole because it's made from two pieces rather than a single wooden spire. Huh. Discount the pole. That sounds like a movement. <laughs> 40 feet? That sounds good. So nine. Nine coyotes go into the height of the tallest totem pole. Final answer? Yes. The correct answer is... 30 more than that. 39 coyotes. That is a tall totem pole. The totem pole is 173 feet. Oh my goodness. I feel like that... 40 feet is a standard totem pole. I don't I guess I haven't seen many to the all of the like novelty knockoff totem poles I've seen are like maybe 20 20 25 feet tall have like six or seven segments on them. Oh, well, like, if you go to Alaska, you'll see, yeah. Like, ten, ten, the top 10 feet are se- a separate piece of wood. Yeah, but, like... <sighs> yeah, it's definitely, it's held up by um, ropes. It's got, like, stabilization techniques in play. 
That's uh, I wonder if it has a foundation that's way below the earth. And has like a titanium rod through the middle. (laughs) Uh, But winds knocked off the top at one point. Yeah, I imagine they would. Doesn't ha- can't imagine it has very much structural integrity. It's so tall. I also tall. imagine they would. Uh, anyway, <laughs> let's talk about weight. There are hundred. There are eight to twenty kilograms, or eighteen to forty-four pounds. There's some variation between males and females. Males are typically a little bit larger, and then there's regional coyotes have different weights on average but there are about 45 44 pounds at the upper end of average so how many mexican prairie dogs would go would a coyote have to eat to eat its weight in prairie dogs here's a hint mexican prairie dogs are slightly smaller than their black-tailed kin but larger than gunnison's prairie dog and they're almost exactly the same size as utah prairie dogs i'm gonna say now, all, all you all you need is to know one of those prairie dogs, and you have a good idea. I don't of how I, heavy it is. I, I've memorized most of the prairie dog weights in the world, and just ex, except for those three, <laughs> so I'm just out of luck. I'm gonna say eleven. I think these 11 guys are, dogs. I think these guys are like three pounds, three or four pounds. Final answer. Yeah. Well, the coyote would have beat you in a prairie dogs eating contest. There are 22 prairie dogs to eat. Well, I they're about two pounds. That's not a fair competition because I was eating four pound prairie dogs. <laughs> Were you dipping them in water? Yeah, to and I <laughs> and forget about the buns. <laughs> well, that's all I that's all I got for that. <laughs> prairie dog eating con that's horrifying <laughs> two pound prairie dogs you can only eat one if you can eat one can you eat more than a single pound of any meat no matter what it is yeah although that's what every single hot dog eating contest is but i guess also prairie dogs don't have two pounds of meat there's bones and guts in there right yeah so it's probably like four prairie dogs makes a pound of prairie dog meat. Yeah, to eat their weight in prairie dog, it it takes more prairie dogs. It's like four quarter pounders. I'm very hungry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's do the fast facts. So let's talk about what they eat. Uh the reason why these guys are of least concern and live all over the place in large numbers is because they're like raccoons and will eat almost anything that moves and some things that don't move lots of things that don't move in fact they're the main cause of pet and livestock loss in the western u.s you'd think there were wolves but there are a lot more coyotes than wolves some coyotes in california sustain themselves almost entirely on pets through the winter oh my gosh so uh, at least when you lose Fido to a prayer to a a coyote, you're like, well, this is how they survive the winter. Yeah, you can't be mad at it. You're helping them get through the winter, so you're doing a nice thing. Um, I follow an Instagram account about like brutal nature, and like I'm usually fine with it when it's like you know 
a predator versus a prey animal, but every once in a while there's a video of a pet getting taken by a, a cougar or something, and that's just not, it's not fun. It's hard to watch. It's not fun for anyone except for the cougar. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I'm glad I lived. Florida has lots of things, but we don't have a lot of animals that will just abscond with your pet. As long as you don't throw them in some sort of body of water where an alligator can get them or a python, you should be pretty good to go. (laughs) Like a condor isn't going to come and pick them up. Um, I I read a story where there were otters coming out of the waterways and backyards and attacking dogs. But then I, there was another story where otters were playing with dogs and guess which one I thought was cuter. The eating one. No, the second one for uh, sure, man. And that was 50, 50. I could have, I, I should have gotten that <laughs> one, right? I'm really disappointed in myself. Well, five dogs are actually brought into the S- South orange County animal hospital every week from coyote attacks. And there are always dogs because cats don't usually survive coyote attacks. <laughs> oh, no. So they can hunt alone to catch small prey like birds or squirrels or in bands uh, to rock the universe. <laughs> or to, ta- to take down things like cattle or elk. They, take, they, they eat bison, mostly as, as carrion, but they can take down a bison if there That's are enough of them. Yeah. They I mean, don't you they they very, very, very rarely attack humans, but there are a few famous cases of prairie uh prairie I keep trying to say prairie dogs. We're not talking about them. Uh coyotes <laughs> taking down a pack of coyotes taking down a human. Yeah, I mean a pack of any vicious wild dog animal is uh deadly for sure. I'm surprised there aren't more attacks. Well, we can talk about why there might not be okay but. uh they also eat berries fruit and a surprising amount of grass in the spring hmm. my dogs eat grass but that's mostly so because they want to throw up <laughs> uh they they'll also eat caterpillars and small insects so they they're like omnivorous they'll eat anything that comes in in their path they're like bears and primates they'll just whatever that's very interesting because I said primates. <laughs> we're just, we're just gonna talk about Pokemon. I can't not talk it. about Pokemon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what were you saying? Usually, dogs are pretty carnivorous, like pretty exclusively carnivorous. Yeah, yeah. So this Except is for like your dog can eat blueberries. Mine? I I think so. I've heard conflicting things. About my but dog? I've, yeah, your dog. My particular... Yoshi. Or Morph. Yeah. You definitely Yoshi, eat, Yoshi. Definitely eat blueberries. I mean... Yoshi can, Morph can't, turns out. We we feed them... Uh, like bananas and stuff sometimes. Um, So... Coyotes can mate with domestic dogs to create some interesting hybrids. And also they can mate with wolves, hence what we opened the show with, the koi wolf, or the kai, kai wolf, um, cyber wolf. Koi uh, wolf. So I'm listening to an audiobook about cryptids, or I did, 
and the reader says koi dog and koi wolf every time. Sure, I guess we just throw this odd pronunciation of those three letters out the window as soon as they're not attached to coyote anymore. <laughs> koi. Well, some people say coyote. What? I've heard it. In the backwoods of some backwoods place? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> coyote. Ki- I, I hear, I've heard coyote. Not yeah, instead of coyote, so. just like it's, it's the coyotes. Um, my last fast fact is that they are considered the most vocal of all North American animals. Or mammals, sorry, not animals. I'm sure some birds are more vocal. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so usually when you hear howling, if you live in these areas, you're probably hearing a coyote and not a wolf. Because coy- wolves are way less common common especially in the southern united states yeah there are a lot of wolves in the um in the pacific northwest but there are still i I think the coyote populations are still more dense still more likely to encounter a coyote than a wolf uh and that's it that's it for the general info okie dokie are you ready for the major fact i am so Coyotes are canines that live in loose family communities called bands. But even though they have all the earmarks Wait, of you pack knew the hunt- answer? You would research no. the answer? <laughs> no, I just, I my sentence stopped with communities. I've, okay. I, I added called bands. I choose to believe you. Okay. Uh, but even though they have all the earmarks of a pack hunting canine, They actually rarely hunt in packs or bands. Coyotes live in arid uh, or plains regions, and they tend to be opportunistic omnivores. They live all over the place, but specifically in these areas, they're very opportunistic because food is not super abundant. Um, So they don't take down large prey like wolves, usually. So they prefer to hunt and forage on their own. Their diet consists of small game like mice, rabbits, squirrels, frogs, and lizards, and it's hard to share small game with a pack in a way that's worth it. So they're really they're really on their own, kind of like the Ethiopian wolf. Mm-hmm. Go go listen to that episode. They hunt similar kinds of game. Another legendary um, partnership. It's true. Not not as legendary, uh, but. Hunting alone lowers their chance of actually catching prey. Enter the badger. Coyotes and badgers have been reported to hunt together for hundreds of years, but a 1992 study confirmed what Native American tribes knew for centuries. So this was uh, uh, that's why I mean what I mean by legendary partnership. It's something that Native Americans have been talking about uh, for a long time. And and then people that like live in these areas start see- noticing coyotes and badgers kind of walking around together, and they're like, "What the heck is this? The fox and the hound?" And then scientists were like, "No, no, 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 they they don't do that." So it's actually legendary. Like you use yeah. legendary in the most appropriate sense possible. Yes, of legend. The stuff of legend. That's right. Uh, but in 1992, they're finally like, oh, maybe there's something to this. 
And now we know. Coyotes and badgers are often seen walking together when they're out for a hunt. In fact, coyotes may be seen hunting with badgers more frequently than with one another. Hmm. You're more likely to see a badger hunting with a coyote than a coyote hunting with a coyote. But if you're imagining a Fox and the Hound style animal friendship, it's not quite that Disney-esque. Oh, darn it. It's not that quite, it's not quite that cute. They tend to keep their distance from one another even when they're hunting together. Um, when one of them catches prey, they don't share the spoils. Instead, one, the one that gets the kill takes it off to eat on their own. Still, they don't just meet by coincidence on hunts. Uh, coyotes have been seen walking up to badger dens and waiting for a badger partner to come out before embarking on a hunt. That's right, I said bar- embarking embarking so what's the benefit if they just eat their own stuff very good question and excellent segue they likely do this to increase their odds even if they don't share together they can hunt burrowing animals with more success ground squirrels are a common target and it's been found that coyotes catch a third more squirrels when they're hunting with a badger than when they hunt by themselves Coyotes have higher va- va- higher vantage point, literally, because they stand higher up than a badger does. And they have better eyesight than a badger does, especially when detecting prey. But then badgers can smell prey that's underground. So mm. together, they got that eyes and nose combo, and they can locate prey more efficiently. But then also... Nice. The coyote will wait outside a burrow entrance while the badger infiltrates by digging in into another entrance. Sometimes the badger will catch prey underground. Other times the escaping squirrel is grabbed by the coyote. But sometimes the opposite happens when the coyote scares animals into burrows or causes animals to remain in burrows when the bad and, and the badger is able to go in and get them. Oh, so even though they're even though they're competing for prey, the energy saving benefits to hunting together outweigh the costs of losing a meal to a partner. So it's all about energy preservation versus getting the meal. So you do have to share or give up sometimes, but other times you catch food while expending less energy than it takes to like run down prey. Yeah, but then sometimes you expend energy and your partner gets the food. You don't get anything. You expended energy for nothing. But you're expending less energy than you would have by yourself. So it just, the math works out. They've crunched the numbers. The little badger and little uh, coyote accountants. I'm just picturing a badger uh, with that like green accountant. Yeah, the visor. the The banker's visor. Yeah, that's they've been like. Listen, the numbers check out. You can go ahead with this partnership, this 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 synergy. That's a visual that I feel like I've seen before. It's probably in Wind of the Willows or something like that. <laughs> a banking can, badger. Yeah, I think there is a badger in the Wind of the Will- Willows. There oh is. yeah, he's the he's like this can- cantankerous guy who lives in a tree. There's also a really the- mean badger in. Uh, fox and the hound also there's also there's also a very strong badger named constance in redwall Hmm. badgers are fierce 
They are. And it's interesting when, like, because we have the our Honey Badger episode. I forgot what number that was. Um, but the badger kind of partnered with this bird that would help him find um, beehives. And the bird, I go back and listen to the episode, but it was a, it was a the the bird can't get to the beehive, and That's the true. badger can't find the beehive. So the bird finds the beehive, and the badger rips it open, and everybody wins. So it's like that. I th- I think the it it seems like the badger is the is the one that has just the cooperative spirit, despite being cantankerous yeah. in all cartoons. That's true. Although they are very territorial and fierce fighters when they need to be but the i guess they're just really smart I, I i have heard that that badgers are smart because they're in the weasel family and weasels are smart true but so are dogs so are canines so it's a match made in the plains <laughs> on the plains of north america it's a match made in the amber waves they also eat grain coyotes do not badgers <laughs> we kind of we kind Dang, of you just really if you're a farmer and you're like the, the the coyotes have taken all my animals i'm gonna grow grain <laughs> they just eat all that Dang it, what are you doing i'm gonna eat you're i'm, I'm to gonna grow fruit oh they ate all my fruit <laughs> i'm gonna farm caterpillars oh my goodness the caterpillars too i wonder if it's worse being a a farmer near coyotes or a farmer near monkeys because monkeys can be pretty like little yeah but monkeys dickens monkeys probably don't kill your livestock that's true baboons might uh, maybe like a lamb or something but i don't know my your, your cattle are probably safe but like wolves were probably a bigger problem just because they have the potential to take t- down a lot take of down things yeah your horses and whatnot all right i think this is enough animal death for one episode (laughs) although every episode most episodes include that because especially ones about predators the natural world is brutal nature is metal it is so for you out there in podcastia find your band expand your palate and make some unusual alliances like the coyote here in life death and taxonomy Hey, LDT listeners. Thanks for listening to the end of the episode. For your loyalty, you get a shameless self-promotion from us. If you haven't already, leaving a review on your favorite podcast app can really help us grow. But telling your podcast-loving friends about us is even better. Also, don't forget to send in your measure-up intros and animal suggestions to ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. As always, thanks, most of all, for listening. Podcast. <laughs>